0: From NIV, the second book of Timothy, verses 3, the first nine verses. But mark this there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having the form of goodliness but denying its power have nothing to do with such people. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women, who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. But as Janice and Jambres opposed Moses, so also teachers oppose the truth they are men of depraved minds who as far as the faith is concerned are rejected but they will not go very far as in the case of those men their folly will be clear to everyone thank you Jerry
1: well that's a good encouraging passage this morning get us going Woo Here we go. Good morning, good morning. Let me, let me ask you a question I want you to think about. I'm asking a few questions. about who do you love more? Who do you love more? The band u Two, or the band The Beatles? Who do you love more? Who do you love more for? James Bond, Sean Connery, or Roger Moore? Who do you love more? Who do you love more in football? The Dallas Cowboys, New England Patriots, or God's chosen team, the 49ers? Can I get an amen? Who do you love more? This one might take a little bit of thought. Who do you love more, God or yourself? Can I see the hands of those who love themselves more? <laughs> yeah, well, let's just talk after church, that would be. <laughs> Timothy is shepherding a church in Ephesus, a young church that's growing in the faith, facing many challenges. And they're surrounded in Ephesus by many people who seem to be falling more and more in love with themselves. And in the middle of that, there are false teachers who are coming in. And they are teaching Christianity, but it's not true Christianity that's in alignment with God's Word. It's, it's sort of a, a little take on Christianity that is speaking forth false doctrine, and Timothy is having to lead his church through these false teachings, Gnosticism that says the spirit and the body are separate, and go ahead and do whatever you want in the body because we're just spiritual people. And so Timothy's having to face the challenges of this. Paul is giving insight and I think some warning and how to face into this culture that is filled with self-love. A culture that is bringing all kinds of, of these false teachings that aren't in alignment with what God has and his word has to say. Culture that is centered on self rather than loving God. And as we are surrounded by that, as we are surrounded by a culture that is centered on self, may we be a people that don't forget, that don't lose our first love, Jesus. May we be centered on Jesus. May we be centered on the Father. And may we be a people who love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. Let's pray for that this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that you would forgive us. Forgive us when we are centered on ourselves. Forgive us when we think the day is about us. And Father, we desire to be a people who love you more. And so I pray that your Spirit would pour that out this morning. Challenge us, convict us, draw us to yourself. May we receive your amazing love and grace this morning. Amen. As we enter into chapter three this morning, we're dealing with that question who are we going to love? Are we going to love God Or are we going to love ourselves Who are we going to love Steps in with lovers of self See lovers of self They take a look in the mirror And when they take a look in the mirror They look like this guy That I want to show you a picture of (laughs) This guy is a lover of self He looks in the mirror and what he's saying is this That's right I am all that I am all that. And you know what? It is true. It's all about me. It is all about me today. That's what lovers of self do when they look in the mirror. But I don't want us to be like that guy. I want us to be like these next two people. And as we go through this passage, people who are taking a look in the mirror and they're trying to to self-reflect who they are and who they're becoming And here's the deal, Jerry just read this whole list of vices, of sins, of just corruption and awful things. And we can have a tendency to go, oh, thank you, God, I'm not like those people. But I want us this morning to go, Lord, I want to look in the mirror and go, is there any way in me, is there any way in me that's drawn to this self-love that's drawn to sin. And Father, help me. Forgive me. I want to draw back to you. Let us look in the mirror with a humble attitude and a self-reflecting attitude where we go, Father, help. I want to love you more. Paul is giving instruction to the church through Timothy, and he's helping them to navigate a self-loving culture. And he starts out in verse 3, or chapter 3, verse 1, and he says this, But mark this, but mark this, there will be, are you ready for it? Terrible times. Terrible times in the last days. Put it on your calendar. Mark it. You can stand firm on it. There's going to be terrible times in the last days. You know, when I was a kid, I used to, uh, I used to watch a cartoon called uh, Adventures uh, of Gulliver's Travels. And Gulliver went to an island, and, and next thing you know, he's a giant on an island of little people. And then there'd be all these adventures that he would go on. And there was one character in Gulliver's Travels. His name was Glum. And Glum everywhere they would go, whenever they would face any sort of trial or difficulty, Glum would say this, we're not going to make it. (laughs) We're all going to die. It'll never work. And he just, everything was negative, negative, negative. I feel like verse 1 is like Paul being like Glum. Guess what? It's all going to be terrible. Here we go. Let's face life together. I don't think Paul's trying to be a downer. I think he's trying to to bring reality to the picture. He's trying to tell Timothy, whom he loves like a son. Timothy, I want you to be prepared. I want you to know what's happening. I don't want you to be caught off guard by your surroundings. Here's what the Lord has for us. Let me tell you what's going on. Here's the reality. Don't be shell-shocked. Guess what, Timothy? It's not going to get better. It's not going to get better. Evil is going to increase. Self-love is going to increase. Destruction and awful things are going to increase. The word terrible... has all kinds of meanings to it, but it's intense, and it's ferocious, and it's awful, and it's terrifying. It's savage. Same word that's given to the demoniacs in Garda. Savage, wild. It's going to be dangerous times. I want you to be prepared, my dear son. This is what's happening in the last days. Well, when are these last days? That's always a good question. In these last days, there's going to be terrible, terrible times. Well, let me read today's paper. Well, the farmers aren't happy. They say Trump didn't give them enough help to go on. But good news. Hey, guess what? The weed company in Ontario had a great opening yesterday. So go get your marijuana there. It's only 30 minutes away or so. They said it was very successful. This is interesting on today's paper, page two. Saloons were plentiful in Idaho in the 1880s, as was ill tempered drunkenness in the 1880s. When are the last days? Well, my friends, today. And today is Sunday, July 28, 2019. From Christ's coming ascension to the Heavenly Father until He comes back. We are living in these last days. There's going to be a lot of self-love. There's going to be a lot of evil. Don't be surprised by it. But how do we live as followers of Jesus Christ in the middle of these terrible last days? How do we navigate this? How do we speak? Because these are indeed the last days that we live in. Here's what Hebrews 1 says. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us through his Son. So we stay centered on Jesus, whom he appointed, this is so wonderful about the Son, he appointed heir over all things, and through him also he made the universe. That's the God we serve. That's a God we need to stay centered on, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. These last days are going to be marked. I don't want you to miss this. These last days are going to be marked with misdirected love. Do you get that? They're going to be marked with misdirected love. The scriptures tell us they are going to be lovers of self, centered on self. Self. It's really a denial of God. When you start to center on you, you become your own God. Here's what Eugene Peterson says. I really appreciate it. If I'm an atheist in my heart, making myself sovereign in place of God, and therefore arranging things in accordance with my appetites and my needs and my fantasies, will I become a pirate In society, I relentlessly look for ways in which I can get what is there for my own uses with no regard for anybody else. If I'm an atheist in my heart, it's not long before I become a cancer in the gut of this country. I'm Jack Sparrow, and I'm focused on self, and I'm stealing everything for me. We become our own God. And the outflow of this self-love is all these vices that were just read. A cancer in this section. There's about 18 different things that we could go through. We could go through the whole list. We're not going to do that. That would take take several hours. What I do want to focus on is I want to focus on those areas where there's misdirected love in this chapter. They are lovers of money. Timothy, be ready for this. The leaders of the church that are coming in, the false teachers, they are lovers of money and they're infiltrating in the communities. lovers of money. You've got to expect that. Ephesus was the center of money. There was lots of roads that came through there. It was called the treasure house of the ancient world. The harbors came in, and all kinds of money was flowing. In these last days, in these terrible times, people are going to be drawn and focused and lovers of money rather than God. You know, it just went up a little while ago. Most expensive house in the world that came up for sale. It's in Bel Air, California. It's the Univision uh, owner. Univision, he's a billionaire. This house is listed. You can have this house for the good, good price. Ready? 245 million dollars. Most expensive house in America on the market today. And they're saying they're getting several people who are interested in this. Let's take all of our money and let's put it in this incredible, amazing house in Bel Air as we drive by the homeless on the streets who are in destitute situations. Lovers of money, lovers of self. This house may look familiar to you because Beverly Hillbillies was filmed here. They will become lovers of money. And then what they're going to do is they're going to boast about it. They're going to boast about all the money they have. And actually, they're going to exaggerate about it. That's what people do when they want to show that they have money. Typically, they don't actually have the money indeed. And so we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't know. That's what we do when you're lovers of money. They will become people who are lovers of money rather than lovers of God. And then in verse 3 it says this. They will become people who are without love. This is an interesting word. It's a word that describes that they are devoid of natural or instinctive affection. That would be like like your love for your parent, your love for your mother, or the, the other way around, a parent's love for you. That's a natural love, isn't it? In the last days, today, in these terrible times, full of self-love, there will no longer be love, natural love, that pours out back and forth. There was two mothers in Miami. They were charged. They left their children locked in a room while they went out and had a night on the town. One of the children got out of the room, and there was a local pond, and fell in the pond and drowned, died, while the mother was out on the town. She comes before the court case, before the court, and says, I need a time for myself. I need to be able to have my own time. That was her defense. They will not have a natural love. It will be devoid of that. We're seeing that all across the country, all across the world, in these terrible last days. Verse 3 goes on. They will not be lovers of good. And that has the idea of, of good things, good actions, and actually good people. They will not be lovers of good. Civilization will fall apart. G.K. Chesterton responded to an article written, and it was called, uh, What's Wrong with the World? He was asked the question, Mr. Chesterton, what do you think of civilization? Chesterton said, well, I think it's a great idea. I think somebody should start one. <laughs> There's no, going to be no love no civility in life. No doing of good. No caring about doing good things. They become misdirected love. Lovers of pleasure. In the time in Ephesus, it was all about pleasure. You had the, the amazing temple, the Art Artemis. And there was all kinds of pleasure going up there in the temple. They were filled with money. It was a very rich city. Everything was about pleasure. Living at ease. Charles Colson tells about his friends in Naples, Florida, and they play golf all the time, and in Naples, Florida, he says there's all these CEOs, they have all kinds of money, they have all kinds of houses and, and boats, and in Naples, Florida, it's like this mecca for, for wonderful golf. There's there's 40 plus golf courses, and, and they're all luxury, and country clubs, and these guys sit around, and they mark their calendars by, and their success by how many days they got on the golf course. Some of you are smirking right now, because <laughs> you kind of know you're doing that. But Colson said to, to one of his friends, who was very, very wealthy, he says, don't you get tired of chasing a little white ball around the course all day? Don't you get tired of that? Because he knew, he knew they were empty in their soul, and the gentleman just smirked, and then he hit the ball. Lovers of pleasure. I mark my days by how many times I can get on the golf course, how many cruises I can go on, how many, whatever, whatever, excess, excess, pleasure, pleasure. These are what the terrible days are going to look like. These are the days that we're living in. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. The question for all of us this morning, who are you going to love? Look at verse 5. I want to highlight this one. You see, those who are self-lovers, centered on themselves, they have a form of godliness, but no power. We had, we had a, a room put in uh, downstairs, just basically a wall put in uh, to separate off. We had a long uh, living room area, and so we made part of it into another room. So there's a wall put in with electrical power and everything in there. And then we were vacuuming one day, and the power went out, and so I went into, the, um, went into the fuse box and tried to see you know, what fuse blew, and I couldn't find one for the life of me. And I checked, checked the wires, you know, the main source coming into that wall, and it seemed to have power, and I just, what is going on? I don't understand what's happening. And so we had a guy over uh, just the other day, uh, because we were putting in some can lights into the house, I said, "Hey, you know what? I cannot, I cannot figure out where where I lost power. I have no idea." And he goes over to the light switch that's on the wall, and he takes off the cap, and he he recognizes, you know what? Your wires came loose in your light switch here, and that cut off all the power to the rest of the wall because there was a flow through that light switch. You see, it looked like a light switch. It had the form of a light switch, which should turn the lights on. Not only that, it was white. That's pure and godly. It was a beautiful, (laughs) godly light switch. There was no power. Jesus says to the Pharisees, you're whitewashed tombs. You look good on the outside, but you're dead. You're dead. There's no fruit You're all dressed up looking like a Christian, but you're nowhere close to God and His Son Jesus. You are dead. You know what? There's a lot of religion. A lot of religion, but no renewal. There's a lot of religion, but no reality of a transformation in your heart. A lot of religion. I just uh, met with a young man uh, just a couple weeks ago in Boston. Beautiful young man, I love him to death. And um, as we were taking time, uh, we went into a bookstore and he picked up a book on uh, Zen meditation. Zen meditation. I said, oh, interesting, tell me, tell me what you're reading about. And he said, well, you know what, Rod, I have, uh, I've come to a place in my life where I've really started to Meditate. And I'm learning from some of these Zen masters who've gone before me. And it's, it's bringing me to a place um, of real calm. He goes, I, I've kind of struggled with some anger. And so I'll go into meditation. And uh, it will help me with my anger. And he goes, for example, you know, if someone's to cut me off on the road. And, and you, could, you could either flip them the bird. Or you could go, hey, you know, it's no big deal. And so when I get in a situation like that, I kind of go into this... Uh, because of my previous meditation, I can, I can sort of I have the choice to either get angry or to stay calm. And so I just kind of listened to him. And, it, and again, he's seeking. He's seeking how to do life and trying to figure it out. He's seeking actually spiritual things. He's really longing for Jesus. He just doesn't know it yet. And so after the next day, we were hanging out again. I said, listen, you know what? I said, I appreciate what you're trying to do. I go, for me, as a follower of Jesus Christ, one of the things I've realized is I can't muster up enough strength on my own to all of a sudden say, well, I'm going to be calm here. I'm not going to be angry anymore. I can maybe do that for a week or so, but guess what? Something's going to bust through. So when something starts to dwell up in me where anger starts to come, you know what I do I say, Holy Spirit, help me. I'm getting angry here. Fill me with your kindness and your patience. You see, I don't have the power in myself to provide that which is good and and life giving. I don't have it. So we are without power. There's a form of godliness, but there's no source. There's no change. And so I encouraged him to consider. He was actually going to a meditation retreat. I said, would you consider, in one of your days, it was a 10-day retreat. Would you consider in one of your 10 days, would you take time and say, Hey, God, if you're for real, would you show yourself to me? And meditate on that. And see if you hear his voice. So that he'll have a source of power and life and renewal There are those who have a form of godliness, but no power. They come to church every Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday. They sit and they hear the word of God, and they're not touched by it at all. Because their hearts haven't been transformed. They haven't surrendered their lives to Jesus. In the last days, there's going to be these terrible times... And there's going to be these leaders who are going to come in and and teach you about ways that you can live life that really are contrary. They're so much lovers of themselves, they want you to follow that example. Look at verse 6 and 7, it talks about those who are preying on weak women. I'm just going to briefly touch on this. They were going into homes and women who had wealth. In 1 Timothy it talks about they were going for personal gain. They just wanted to make money. In their religious practices. But those leaders who are going in the homes and they're they're trying to get money and then they're entering into immoral activity with these women. They're totally taking advantage of. And these women are vulnerable to that. They're going to be deceivers. They're coming in. And verse 8-9 says they're going to be charlatans, like charlatans, like Janice and Jambres. They tried to match the power of Moses in Pharaoh's court. Just charlatans. The power couldn't match it because it was the power of God. This is what it's going to be like in the last days. Deceivers and charlatans. Lovers of all these other things rather than lovers of God. Who are you going to love? Who are you going to love? Jesus said, as a Pharisee was asking him, as those in the crowd were asking him, what's the greatest command? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang upon these two commandments. Who are you going to love? We can either love ourselves or we can love the Lord our God. And I hope we're moving towards loving the Lord our God. This is where we have life. I heard Jackson did a wonderful teaching up at family camp, and he was talking about loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he used an illustration of a submarine, that that we need to be a people that are going deeper. All the other boats are on the surface. Submarines, though, they go deeper. We need to be a people who go deeper deeper in the Lord. Every other boat doesn't do it enough. God's desire is that we know Him more, that we learn to love Him more, that we continue to go in deeper relationship with Him. Who are you going to love? Don't you want to receive His love and enjoy His love? Don't you want to draw closer? One of the ways that we can go deeper with the Lord is by confessing our sin. You know those who are taking a look in the mirror? Let us confess our sin. Let us be a people who say, Lord, forgive me. I've been drawn to myself. I've been drawn to this sin. What do the scriptures say? Hey, come to me. Confess your sin. I'm quick to forgive. Do you understand? That's one of the ways we love the Lord is we recognize I am a a failure. I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. I need you, Jesus, to help me walk this life. So if you come this morning with heavy sin on your life and in your heart, bring it before the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me. And let him love you and pour out his amazing forgiveness and grace. And we reverse the tides of self-love. Lovers of money... We become lovers of giving. That's how you love God. You become generous like God is generous. You come and you take that paycheck, which you think is your paycheck, but it's all given to you by God. You say, God, what do you want me to do with your money? That's being a lover of God with all of your heart, soul, mind, strength. Give it away freely for His kingdom. Let us be people who love God this way. They were a people without love, with a natural affection. But we are a people who have that wonderful affection from the Heavenly Father, and we too give that natural affection to our parents. We love God by honoring our parents and giving them love and value. That's how we love God, rather than being those that don't have any love. We switch, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and we say, I'm not going to be centered on me, I'm centered on you. Thank you for the love of the Heavenly Father, of the Son, Jesus. Now let me love others. Luke uh, Caldwell is... um, one of the main guys on the TV show, The Boise Boys. My son, Caleb, actually works for them. And I just love... Here's how Luke got started in house flipping. And now it became a TV show. He got started because he needed to raise money so that he could adopt kids all across the world that nobody wanted to adopt, all special needs kids. He just... um, I love how God's using this family. They just went to Ukraine and they just picked up uh, their fifth little child, little girl. Special needs, little girl. Nobody, nobody wanted her. And so he flipped another house so he could get enough money. That's loving God for his kingdom and expressing his love. That's being a lover of good and good things and giving value to people and who they are. That's being light in the darkness. That's bringing love and grace and truth into a broken world. It restores that which self-lovers have destroyed. You see, God's a God of redemption and restoration and healing Lovers of pleasure, we switch that. It's a shift in mindset, I think. It's not so much that there's, it's wrong to have pleasure, but it's a shift in, in what we're pursuing. Moses shifted, hey, hey, Pharaoh wanted to make him great, and he's like, no, 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 I don't want that. I don't want that pleasure that comes really from sin. I want to I flee away from those pleasures. Where do we derive our pleasure from? That's the question that we have to ask. Where does it come from? It's not a life of ease all the time, but a life of serving the king. A life of sacrifice like our Lord. It's a life of of serving others. And when we serve them, and when we're part of their lives, you guys know this, what happens? There's great pleasure. There's great pleasure. Pleasure in relationship and joy and service. Here's what Psalm 1611 says. You make known to me the path of life, and you will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand, You fill me with eternal pleasure, O God. Knowing this, knowing how we're leading our life, this pleases the Father. When we please the Father, we receive His pleasure. We're not lovers for ourselves. How good it is to hear from the Father Well done, servant. My beautiful child, well done. Who are you going to love? You can love yourself, and while you do, you lose yourself. Or you can love God and find life and pleasure and joy and hope and bring about restoration and beauty. Who are you going to love? May we love the Lord our God with all of our soul, with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your good word. Again, forgive us when we, we fix our love elsewhere other than you. Father, that our love is misdirected, and we ask that you would restore us and help us to draw close to you. We want to say this morning together that we love you, Lord Jesus. And we want to continue going deeper in our love relationship with you. Thank you that you draw near to us. In your beautiful and precious name, amen.